0: This evening we're going to consider Jews who feared the Lord. Jews who feared the Lord, looking at Malachi chapter 3 verse 16 through to 18. Up until now, in our studies in Malachi, we've spent our time seeing how thoroughly wicked the Old Testament Jews were. In that the priests offered contemptible sacrifices to the Lord. They did not give glory unto the name of the Lord. They did not proclaim the law of truth. They caused many to stumble at the law. The law had been turned on its head with people saying that everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delighteth in them. Men had divorced their wives and married pagan women. The people had not kept the ordinance of the Lord with regards to tithes and offerings. The Lord declared them cursed with a curse. And as we have seen, the people were forever answering the Lord with stout words, coming from hard hearts, even when he graciously called on them to repent. Today's visit to Malachi will be very different, inasmuch we shall consider godly Jews, people who feared the Lord. There were some of them. Up until now, our considerations have been on those people who did not fear the Lord. For example, according to chapter 1 and verse 6, The priests did not fear God, did not fear the Lord. They despised his name. That was evidence in their disservice to God. For example, they offered polluted and contemptible sacrifices. They said things like, In what way have we despised thy name? And when the Lord accused them of offering defiled food on his altar, they said, In what way have we defiled thee? The hardness of their hearts and the fact that they did not fear the Lord was very evident in those words. The people as a whole, and not just the priests, did not fear the Lord. Had they feared God, they would have kept his ordinance with respect to the tithes and the offerings. They would not have made marriages with those pagan women. Just look back at what the Lord said about the the people in chapter 2 and verse 11. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Sorry, this is the wrong one, wrong chapter. Chapter 2, verse 11. Judah have dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem, For Judah have profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he loved, and have married the daughter of a strange God. However, as we approach the end of the book of Malachi, it can be seen in chapter 3 and verse 16, that there were nevertheless those who did fear the Lord. In recent sermons, The subject of fearing the Lord has come up time and again. I'm sure you've noticed that. I've I've, I've spoken much in recent times about fearing God. And that is because it is such a big doctrine. There's no getting away from it. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 29, the Lord said to Israel, Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. I can still remember that verse when I first became a Christian. That I think it was the oh at the beginning of it. Oh, that there was such a heart in them. You can see that it pained the Lord to say that. Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me. His old covenant people. Likewise in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12, it is written, And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul? One such person who did fear the Lord was Job, of whom it is written in Job chapter 1 and verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and shunned evil. That is a real accolade coming from God. Something that you would, as a Christian, wouldn't you love to have that on your CV? That you, that you were perfect and upright and one that feared God and shunned evil. And for those whose inclination it is to drive a big fat wedge between the Old Testament and the New, saying that Christians are not to fear God, the Lord Jesus Christ also spoke about fearing the Lord when he said, Fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus speaking to his disciples, to Christians. Fear God. Likewise, the Apostle Peter said, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. I can only repeat and agree with what Spurgeon said. He said, The fear of God is the death of every other fear. Like a mighty lion, it chases all other fears before it. How true that is. When you really fear God, then you don't fear men. Let's have a look now at verse 16. Malachi chapter 3. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. You can see in that verse alone speaks about fearing God not once but twice. People speak to one another about what? about just about anything and everything, except about God and his glorious attributes, his love, his grace, his mercy towards hell-deserving sinners, and so on. People don't tend to talk about those things. However, within the context of this verse, which is about fearing the Lord, you can be sure that where you read in verse 16, then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, What do you think the subject of their conversation was? These people who feared the Lord. They were talking about the Lord. They were speaking about God. People who fear the Lord. If you go to a pub, people aren't talking about the Lord. They're talking about the footy or something else. They don't fear God and they have no interest in talking about the Lord. But those who feared the Lord came to... Talked with one another about the Lord. I can remember when I was at school, many of the children, including me, used to love speaking, no doubt in a very exaggerated way, about our dads. My dad's better than your dad, and, and so it goes on, and all these wonderful stories about what dad has done. Yeah? How much more so ought those who fear? Their Heavenly Father delight in talking with one another about Him and His goodness and His mercy towards them. And there's no exaggeration there. How can you exaggerate when you're talking about the Lord? It's not possible, is it? Because we don't even begin to appreciate the good things that He really has done for us. We can't, we can't reach or, or we can't plumb the depths of what he has done we can never boast enough about the lord jesus christ and his achievements at the cross it has been said that we are often half-hearted in our faith appearing to love and serve god but really loving and serving ourselves today as in malachi's time God looks for people who reverence him by maintaining two spiritual practices. Speaking to one another about him and meditating on his wonderful attributes. The first is fellowship with God's people, talking to one another about the Lord. That is fellowship. The second is fellowship with God himself when we are thinking about the Lord. We're having communion with our God. I hope you can see that fearing the Lord is a very positive thing. The fear of the Lord is not about being terrified of judgment, damnation, hellfire. If you're a Christian, you've been delivered from all of those things. And praise God for that. No condemnation against you who are in Christ Jesus. Rather, the fear results from having an appreciation of who God is. This is the important thing here. People who speak the stout words to the Lord, people who have no interest in the Saviour, people, in other words, who don't know God, uh, who don't know Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. There's no fear of God, and... They will not. They will not speak about the Lord. They will not think about Him, and they have no understanding of who He is. But when you have, uh, uh, when you know God, as the Apostle Paul did, that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed unto His death. When you know God. And Jesus Christ, which, by the way, defines eternal life. John chapter 17 and verse 3. This is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. When you know God, you fear him. And that is the difference between a person who belongs to Jesus and someone who is still dead in trespasses and sins. So having that knowledge of God, it produces a fear, a healthy reverential fear of God when you appreciate who he is. It, it produces an obedience to God's will, speaking about the Lord, thinking upon his name. It's all very positive. Fearing God is not up for discussion, by the way, if you take the scriptures at face value. I read Psalm 89 earlier, and in verse 7, it is written, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. That's amongst Christians. He is not just to be feared, but to be greatly feared in the the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. How can you argue with that? And even the Lord Jesus Christ is said to have feared God. For example, in the prophecy of Isaiah, in chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, which is about the promised Christ who was to come into the world 700 years later, It is written, and I read it earlier, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. Again, it's not about trembling, It's it's reverence for God. As Jesus, he had that reverence for his Father. Look at verse 16 here again. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. In verse 16 there, it's written that the Lord hearkened and heard when those who feared him and thought upon his name spoke often, one to another, about him. When people speak often, one to another, about a whole variety of things, does God hear it? Does he only hear the things when when, when people speak about him? God hears everything. He knows everything. There is nothing that escapes the ears of our maker, almighty God. He hears everything, including people's blasphemies, their boastings about the things that they have done, and so on. However, from this verse, it would seem that God listens with an extra special interest and with delight when those who fear him Talk about him, and their boast is not in themselves, but is in his beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God hears those things. Before the Son of God became flesh and was born of a virgin, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and instructed him to call the baby Jesus. We see that in Matthew chapter 1. For he shall save his people from his sins. Jesus actually means, Jehovah is salvation. Joseph was told by the angel of the Lord, call the baby Jesus. Even so, when, Je- when the Saviour was nailed to a cross and lifted up to die, 33 years later, and the words, this is Jesus, The king of the Jews was set above his head. That superscription above his head. I don't imagine, I don't know this to be the case, but I don't imagine that there were too many people in the crowd who read much into the meaning of the name Jesus. It was, after all, a common enough name given to males during that time. They were very angry that Jesus... Um, called him, um, that that notice was put above the cross. Jesus, the King of the Jews. They wanted the sign to come down, but Pilate refused to take the sign down. Okay. However, after the work of redemption was finished, we are told in Philippians chapter two, verses nine through to eleven, that God highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, the same name that the that Joseph was told by the angel of the Lord to, to name the baby, at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the God the Father. Again, I don't know what the crowd were thinking when they were shouting crucify him and when they were hurling insults at the Lord Jesus Christ when he was nailed to that cross. But there was, there was no reverence for him there. Very different when you actually know Jesus as your saviour and you know him as Jehovah is salvation, isn't it? Very different Indeed. Dear Christians, by the grace of God, you belong to the one who has a name above all names. And that name Jesus is a very special name to us. May it be your delight to talk with one another about Jesus. Dear Christians, talk about your great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. When you come together, have fellowship with one another... And God is listening into your conversation and you're talking about his beloved son, Jesus. May it be your delight to talk with one another about Jesus and may your prayer be, forbid it Lord that I should boast, save in the cross of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. Verse 16 again. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. It used to be the practice of kings to record matters of great interest, great importance. An example of that can be seen in the book of Esther a Jewish man by the name of Mordecai, he foiled a plot by the servants of the king to assassinate the king. And sometime later, the king, he was unable to sleep and he had the chronicles, the, rec- his, the books of remembrance, read to him and in the book was made, there was mention of Mordecai foiling the plot to kill the king it was kept on record and when it was later read to the king he rewarded Mordecai how important it was that 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 was recorded in the book of remembrance as such when those who fear God speak often one to another about their great God and saviour Jesus their words are recorded And safely laid up in heaven as if they had been entered into a book of remembrance in order to be produced on the day of judgment. All the times you've spoken about Jesus are in that book of remembrance. With God listening into your conversations. Having said that, let me just qualify what I've said. By saying that your abundant welcome, dear Christian, into heaven. Will not in any way be on account of you talking about Jesus. It's not conditional upon you talking about Jesus. However, if you truly believe that the incarnate son of God loves you. And that he gave himself for you at the cross. If you have that if you believe that with all your heart then there will inevitably be plenty in God's book of remembrance concerning all your conversations with others who fear the Lord and all those times that you have thought upon his name it's inevitable isn't it if you're trusting in Jesus as your great God and saviour that you will talk about him that you will think about him And you'll be praying that you'll dream about him. You pray that you wake up thinking about him. Let's go on to verse 17. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Those who really did fear the Lord were were already his. Similarly, all within the church in our day and age who truly fear the Lord, they already belong to Jesus. In John's Gospel, Jesus spoke about those whom his Father had given him, that they are safe in his hand, safe in his Father's hand, that Jesus will raise them up on the last day, Also Jesus declared his will to his father that those whom his father had given him be with him where he is in heaven to behold his glory. Christian, you're safe forevermore. No doubt about it. That is the teaching of the scriptures. People who have a reverential fear of God and that is because they know him, they know his son, and they stand on holy ground. These are people who, who are, who can be sure that they will be with Jesus in glory. I'm sure we've all sung those words, Jesus my Lord will love me forever. From him no power of evil can sever. He gave his life to ransom my soul. Now I belong to him. We've all sung that tonight, haven't we? Dear Christian, thank God for the truth of those words that you already belong to Jesus. (coughs) However, verse 17 is looking ahead to when the King of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ, will come again in power and in glory. On that day... All who have feared the Lord and consequently have served him, people whose trust is in the Lord, they will be claimed and they will be owned by Jesus in view of all the elect angels and in view of all who have never feared the Lord. People who have despised his name, people who have never trusted in him as repentant sinners. That day will come, the day of judgment, when Jesus will publicly own his people, those who have feared his name. They are his jewels. You, dear Christian, are one of those jewels. Finally, clearly, in Malachi's time, many, but by no means all of the old covenant Jews, were hard of heart. And they were under the curse of God. Nevertheless, the Lord always kept for himself a remnant who did not bow the knee to false gods, and rather they trusted in Jehovah. They feared Jehovah God. That faith, that godly fear, was evidenced in heavenly conversation by people who thought upon the Lord, people who in the language of Psalm 1 Walked not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of the scornful. Their delight was in the law of the Lord, and in his law did they meditate day and night. Nothing has changed. Today, the visible church is made up of different people, just as we see the congregation in Malachi's time was made up of different people in the church today there are those who trust in the Lord and they fear him he is at the forefront of their thoughts and he is in their conversation they love to talk about Jesus those people are the righteous in as much their acceptance before God is in his son whose perfect obedience in life and in death is imputed to their account. They belong to Jesus. The life that they now live is a resurrection life, bound up in their Saviour, and whatever they do in Christian service, they do as unto Jesus. Within this wicked world, they are the wheat. Also, within the visible church, there are those who are the wicked, Though they profess faith in Jesus, they do not know God. Neither do they know Jesus, whom they profess. Consequently, they have no reverential fear of God. In fact, they become very indignant when you talk to them about fearing God. And their conversation is where their treasures and their meditations are firmly rooted in the world. Though they may look like wheat, they are in fact tares, they are weeds. Both the wheat and the tares will continue to grow together until that final harvest when Jesus shall return. Then the tares will be gathered up and cast into the fire, but the wheat will be gathered into his barn. Amongst the wheat there will be Jews and Gentiles alike who have feared the Lord and whose hearts have been filled with thoughts of their great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And they have delighted in talking with one another about him and his Calvary love. Will you be amongst the wheat? Amen.